You're listening to the podcast for the Porch Missional Community on Long Island, New York. We believe hope looks like a home and revival looks like family. Okay, so um, we're in this Advent series. And um, as I was, well, I mean, I was asked to to talk and I didn't even really know what Advent was. And I was like... Okay, we actually need to figure this out. And um, <laughs> and one of the big um, themes that I have been coming across is just um, expectancy and um, what it looks like to actually expect God to come, expect him to do things, expect him um, to be present, expect him to be faithful. Um, and throughout the Advent season, we are actually talking about our expectancy for the birth of baby Jesus, right? Um, It's not just expecting Christmas Day, gifts, fun, family, those are all great, but we are expecting Jesus to come. And every year we celebrate Christmas to um, just um, remember the testimony of him coming and um, saving the world, right? So, um, yeah, let's see. Okay, so um, throughout the Bible, there were many prophecies about Jesus coming to this earth, but um, no one had any expectation as to what it would actually look like. And um, I think that's one of the coolest parts of the Bible and um, the story of God is just that he likes to surprise us and he likes to um, <laughs> throw some, <laughs> throw some woes in our way. <laughs> and, um, he likes to do things differently and he likes to shatter, um, our preconceived notions and, um, just be different. And, um, yeah, it's really cool. So the story of Jesus is actually a prophecy coming to life. And, um, it's the transformation of a prophecy becoming a testimony. Mm. And it's powerful, <clears throat> not only because he came to this earth, but also because um, this specific event actually tells us that um, when he says he's going to come again, like we can actually trust that that's true. <laughs> wow. Because he came after he said he was going to. He fulfilled that promise. And... Um, it gives us hope and it gives us faith for the next time he gives us a promise because he's already proven that he's faithful. Mm. Um, when we look at our own expectations for what God can do or um, even in other people, um, it can actually be difficult for us to really believe that it's going to happen or um, like, it's, it's difficult to have hope in something when you haven't actually seen it happen before or when um, you don't know for a fact that um, a person or God is capable of um, meeting those expectations but um, actually just following through with what they have to say, with what they've said. Um, hope is powerful, um, but expectation is actually one step further because it's not just hoping, it's not just relying in information, but it's actually um, taking a step into um, 
having faith that it is actually going to happen and it it's it has more of a an action word or it's more of an action word has more of an action connotation to it um so I actually like want to start this off by asking like what builds expectation for you guys and like what what that looks like I would say planning planning because when you're expecting something and you you more than just hoping you're actually taking steps towards planning for that to arise like when you're expecting when they say we're expecting like Mm. you start buying the baby clothes Mm. you start decorating the room you start you know buying the crib and stuff because you know it's coming yeah so you're planning towards it you're building towards it which builds even more expectations because you're seeing these physical things that you're kind of hoarding that Mm. are a representation of what's to come versus just standing there and and having it up here and hoping that it's going to happen so Mm. I guess building expectation for me is planning towards it and gathering things that are a reflection of what's to come Mm. what builds expectation for me is uh, what I choose to imagine Mm. and like I have a pretty powerful imagination so it often comes with emotions too and so like sometimes I can actually, like, I have to be careful because if I imagine something negative happening, then my emotions start to follow that. Hmm. And so then I create this negative expectation that's reinforced by negative emotions. Um, but then I can also do the opposite, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. requires a little more intentionality sometimes. Um, yeah, so that's what expectation sounds like to me. Okay. I think I'm somewhere in between you two, like... The dreaming process and then also the planning process like both can build expectation my trap the thing that i've got to be careful too because like there's always two sides to this coin of expectation right is the the dreaming side the good side and then the thing that i always have to like kind of catch myself in is not creating like not creating expectation out of my history and like mm-hmm. the negative part of my history like my disappointment or like my pain or like my trauma or like those kinds of things not expecting those things to just keep happening that's actually really hard for me yeah. So what I end up kind of doing oftentimes is when I get to that place, I start planning to not let those things happen, <laughs> which is good and bad. But I think it's all, it's all the above for me. Cool. So when we <clears throat> look at the future, we have our past that definitely flavors <laughs> our expectations, right? But it also um, it's also flavored by what other people like speak into our lives and um, speak over us and um, like when you're expecting a baby how are you supposed to know what you actually need when you're pregnant like you don't actually have any personal experience raising a child like having going through the newborn process raising an infant you don't have any of that experience so how do you actually know what to expect unless somebody actually like talks to you about it and actually um, educates you or speaks um, um, speaks future over you, right? And um, yeah, so expectation is a strong belief that something will happen, but um, it's also a preparation. And so throughout the Bible, we see so much expectation for what God wants to do. In the Old Testament, he says actually over and over and over again um, the promises that he has for the Israelites, right? Mm-hmm. I, there, 
there were so many times reading through the Old Testament where I actually got really frustrated with the repetition of it. It's like, yeah, I know, God, you're going to make these people like the sand of the earth. Or, you know, like the, the, this family is going to go for generations and generations. They're going to have a kingdom. Okay, we get it. But the Old Testament was oral. And remember that um, if, I mean, if I don't write things down, I don't remember them um, unless I talk about it over and over again with somebody or if they remind me, right? And so part of um, the repetition of the Old Testament is actually stating over and over again um, what God has promised as a, as a prophecy, but also what he's already done in the lives and the history of the Israelites to build that testimony and to reestablish time and time again that he's faithful. Mm-hmm. Um, so just as like an example, <laughs> when I was first um, considering moving here, um, before I actually like thought in my heart that I was actually going to be able to do it, um, Jay and Aaron, when they first talked to me about moving to New York, they immediately um, showed me a video of somebody driving through Riverhead and just showing me what it looks like on the other side of the country. And um, it flabbergasted me uh, because growing up, everything that I had ever like imagined or been told about New York was that it was dirty, it was gross. It was basically just one big city. Um, it was actually filled with evil, evil people, evil things, and um, it wasn't a place that Christians should actually ever go to. Um, <laughs> all the people there were rude. It was filled with homeless people, and they had really bad baseball teams. Sorry, Sorry Jay. Most championships in the <laughs> <laughs> not, not all of them true. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so those were the expectations that I had built, right, for New York. And so I had never wanted to come. I had never dreamed of living here, anything like that. But um, the more we talked, the more reality was actually spoken over um, my heart and my expectations for what it would be like. Mm. Um, and that included like vineyards and agriculture. I had no idea that Long Island even existed, let alone that it was actually green most of the year, more green than California. <laughs> um, we have bagels. We, see, I'm, I belong here now. Uh, we have bagels. We have good You've pizza. I have adopted the dream. Um, we just have good restaurants in general. Um, and then there's lots of towns that we can visit and explore. And all of these things built up an excitement in my heart. They built up expectation for what this place actually looks like versus what I had imagined. Um, yeah. So actually, let's go to uh, Deuteronomy 4.32. Okay. Jay, do you want my Bible? Jay, do you want this? Oh, sure. Oh, that was close. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to do that because this is like... 4.32? I appreciate that you have the... uh, Elderly friendly Bible. <laughs> I just think of it as the neighborly friendly Bible. Like I can share it with a whole row. I can just the whole row. <laughs> share this with the whole church. 
needs zero amplification. Okay, is everybody there? Deuteronomy 4.32. Um, we're going to be reading Deuteronomy 4.32 through 35. Um, does anybody want to volunteer to do that for me? I'll do it. Cool. <clears throat> Indeed, ask now concerning the former days which were before you, since the day that God created man on the earth, and inquire from one end of the heavens to the other. Has anything been done like this great thing, or has anything been heard like it? Has any people heard the voice of God speaking from the midst of the fire as you have heard it and survived? Or has any God tried to go and take for himself a nation from within another nation by trials, by signs and wonders, and by war, and by a mighty hand, and by an outstretched arm, and by great terrors, as the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes? To you it was shown that you might know the that you might know that the Lord, he is God, there is no other besides him. Okay, so um, I was reading this passage just because I'm working through the Bible chronologically right now. And um, as I was reading it, it just like started like filtering into my heart of um, just like how relevant this was to um, just like the Advent season and... um, just like the anticipation of stepping into a new a new thing with God, um, when Jesus came to Earth, it was the start of something new, right? Um, so this passage actually, it spoke so so deeply to my heart because um, the Israelites were about to start like really stepping into the Promised Land. Um, the leaders, um, it was Joshua and Caleb. Um, they were taking over, leading the Israelites into war. And um, the promises that God had been um, speaking over them were starting to come into fruition. And it was um, a really big, I mean, it was a transition. And there was a lot of fear, obviously. If you look at the track record of the Israelites, they're not super trusting of God. (laughs) They're not actually super confident in, um, what he has to say. And they keep, they doubt him over and over again. Um, so this passage basically like read to me, it was just like a reminder of like, okay, God was faithful. Then remember all of the incredible like works that he's done. Remember how he took you from uh from Egypt remember how he spoke to you through the bush remember like all of these incredible things that he's done this is just a very small example of the incredible stuff that he's already worked in the Israelites lives right and he's reestablishing himself remember that this is the God that I am you're about to step into a promise that I've prepared so long for you to have this is the God that I am. Remember this as you step in because this testimony is what is going to give you expectation for my goodness and my faithfulness when you step into this new thing. Um, their hope had been deferred, right? It was now the next generation. They hadn't actually specifically experienced these miracles that was mentioned in this passage. They weren't the ones that saw the burning bush. They weren't the ones that... Um, was actually um, released from Egypt. They actually have, were born and raised in the, in the desert, just completely relying on God. And so um, 
the history, the oral history that the leadership um, held onto really um, was extremely important because these people now um, being charged with taking over the promised land and fighting these battles, they need to, needed to be reminded of who God was even generations before. Um, they had to remember in order to have expectations for the battles ahead. Uh, we can't go into battle if we're not prepared, um, both physically with our weapons and with our um, garb. Why was that the word that came to my mind? <laughs> but it's a good word. Um, but they also had to be prepared in their hearts. And um, like Levi was saying earlier, like if you expect something bad to happen, if you expect um, or like build up this anticipation of like this negative event, that's actually what you're going to experience. Um, because we, we perceive the events through the filters of what we've already built and what we've already um, put in place in our hearts. And so um, if the Israelites decided to step into this new promise with an expectation that they were going to fail and they were going to die, they were going to just be completely wiped out, then where would the victory have been, right? Um, we need leadership to be able to remind us of the history. We need um, testimonies to remind us of the history yeah. of who God is and um, where he's leading us. Um, let me get caught up in my notes really quick. Um, so in order to actually walk in that, in that expectancy of God really coming through, um, we actually need to know that he's capable. Um, and I have a whole book um, called The Bible that actually give us, <laughs> gives us ample amounts of proof that he is faithful mm-hmm. and that he is good and that he comes through every time. Mm-hmm. Um, not only is he capable, but also we're actually worth his effort. <laughs> wow. We are worth his time spent, his energy put in. We are worth the provision that he wants to give us. And um, it actually has less to do with our value um, or our self-perceived value and it has more to do with um, how he values us Mm -hmm. and if he um, takes care of the birds if he clothes the flowers if he is the one that says knock on the door and it will open or ask and you shall receive he's also the god who's going to provide now um, when we ask or when we um, when we need provision right so um we actually have to hold firm in our identity as deserving of great things um, in order to expect great things. Yeah. Um, we have to hold firm in our identity that we are his son or his daughter. And once again, the Bible actually <laughs> confirms that. Right? He brings us into family. He adopts us. And um, there is nothing that he wouldn't do to provide for us. Um, if you look at a father, either one of these Jasons, (laughs) um, I'll bet you guys there is nothing you wouldn't do, right? Mm -hmm. To not only make sure that your kids are clothed Mm -hmm. and fed, but 
also that they have smiles on their faces, mm-hmm. right? That experience of seeing your children with joy, mm-hmm. I'm sure it, there's nothing that beats it. Mm-hmm. So if these physical fathers have that, and these men who are flawed, sorry guys, I love you, um, are flawed, then what more would a perfect father do for us and how more would he love us and how unconditional would his provision actually be um yeah so I think actually um some of us were really disappointed in our experiences with our dads Mm -hmm. and our view of the way that we see God provide is actually the way that we experienced our physical fathers providing. And it was incomplete. And it wasn't, and maybe it didn't fill our heart's desires. Maybe it didn't fill our, fill our emotional needs. Maybe he actually wasn't a provider. Maybe he didn't actually fill um, our financial needs either. And we had to go without a lot of the time. Um, but I, I just, I want to emphasize that that is not God. That is not who he is. And that is not what we can expect from him. We can actually expect something so much greater and more profound from him. And he actually provides everything. Once again, looking at the Israelites, they, they were complaining about food. And he's like, okay, I'll freaking send manna and quail. How about that? Like, I'll do this like impossible stuff so that you know that I'm taking care of you. And he did it in a way that they actually didn't understand but and didn't expect, but it was still provision, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's so easy for us to settle into bitterness and doubt when, um, when someone that we love or that we, um, that are supposed to, that's supposed to care for us or to fill our needs um, actually doesn't come through. And... Um, a lot of the time that bitterness is actually focused towards God. But in reality, he's actually the only one that's actually capable of not meeting our expectations while simultaneously exceeding our needs. And like our disappointment um, is actually just one of our expectations that is unmet. Um, It doesn't mean that he's not providing for us. It just means that the way that we thought he would isn't or he's not coming in the way that we thought he would um but when we expect him to come through he always does he always does um there's this visual of um a child running to a street there's a car coming down the road the child's running after a ball it's going towards the road but um this child doesn't actually have the awareness of the full scope of what's going on. And um, the, their father is actually trying to tell the kid to stop, right? Don't run into the street. Don't run into the street. There's a car. But they're not focusing on that. They're focusing on the ball that's heading straight towards the road. Um, at a certain point, that father is going to stop yelling, and he's going to start running and grab his kid and stop him from going into the street, Right? But all that child actually understands is that their father grabbed them and moved them out of the way, not 
that there was actually a car coming. Mm-hmm. And um, so often our perspective actually gets tunnel visioned into what we want instead of um, what God actually knows that we need. Um, and a lot of the time that's actually when disappointment sets in and that is where bitterness actually um, has a hold on our hearts. Um, and we need to realize that um, God is good, right? If we look at everything that he does through a couple of filters, God is good and God loves us, right? Like we would actually be able to see the goodness in every situation and his provision in every situation um, because he's thorough and he's consistent and he does provide. Um, I think that if we were to actually like ask him instead of just like going about our lives and um, walking in disappointment or um, bitterness or um, like or choosing to to hold our understanding as though God isn't actually providing, what if instead you took a pause and you actually asked him, asked him what he's doing, asked him what he wants for this season for you, asked him how he wants to provide for you. Ask him who he is and remember that he is good and that he loves us. Um, I think that a lot of us actually are really capable of trusting him in so many areas of our lives, but there's like small pockets or small areas of our hearts that we actually haven't given fully to him. Um, like maybe like a lot of us have had experience in financial provision Um, like, oh yeah, well, God came through in this moment. And so I was able to pay my rent, but I don't think that he'll ever come through in community because, um, I've, I've never experienced good community before, you know, like there's, there's always areas where we actually haven't, um, built a testimony yet. So we don't have expectancy for him to continue to, to come through. Um, so actually, um, do all of you have, you don't have a phone, so I'll give you some paper, but, um, okay. So if you have a piece of paper or a phone, um, I want you to just take a minute. Do you want a piece of paper? Okay, cool. Yeah. I want you to take a minute and actually, um, like really reflect and ask God where, Um, about the areas of your heart that you actually don't trust him in and that you don't have expectancy for his goodness or his faithfulness. We're just going to take a couple minutes.
either on the other side of the paper or a new paragraph or whatever floats your boat. Um, I want you to start actually asking God um, where he's come through in this last year. Start writing down testimonies of provision or something that he did in a miraculous way, a healing, anything that you've seen or experienced. If you run out of things, go to the Bible. Remember all the stories, all the healings that Jesus has done. Give you guys one more minute. So, um, just for sake of time, we're going to move on because, um, I think you guys are really going to like the next step. Um, but so this list, um, I highly encourage you guys to keep building, um, as you think of more things, as God brings back more events, um, that happened throughout the last year or your life or whatever, um, keep, keep writing, um, or keep adding to this list. But also, as he does things, um, for the next couple of weeks, I want you to write down everything that he does. Um, because like the Israelites and um, their track record of forgetting who God is, we actually have a tendency to do the same thing. And um, it's so easy to have faith right after he provides rent for the month. And it's really easy to have expectancy for the future right after he heals um, a knee or heals somebody's neck right in front of you. But it gets a little bit harder to remember the further out you get from those specific events. And um, this is actually a really powerful tool because when those lies from the enemy come in um, about doubting him (laughs) and about um, how God actually isn't faithful, God isn't good, 
God isn't trustworthy. He's not going to be there. Oh, yeah, well, he provided in the past, but he's not going to provide in the future. All those things. Like, we actually get to laugh at those whispers, at those lies, and we get to go back and reference our lists, say, no, actually, this is what God has done in your past, in my past. And the act of reading it aloud and proclaiming it and saying, no, this is the testimony that he's built in my life. I get to expect him to come in even greater capacities and even like more beautiful ways because he's already proven himself faithful. And um, speaking out truth like that actually combats the lies really easily and it breaks it up so fast. Um, so the next thing I actually want you guys to do if you are bra- not if you're brave enough, I need you to be brave enough, I love you. Um, find someone, um, partner up. And actually, um, I want you guys to share with each other the area that you don't trust God in, um, that you're struggling with um, because you haven't built up that testimony yet. And ask the other person for a testimony that they actually have in that area to build up your faith Mm. and to build up um, your Mm. knowledge base of what he's capable of in that area of your life. So we'll do that. And then um, if you guys want to like pray for each other and stuff like that, that'd be awesome. And then worship. Worship.